Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. This month is our Christmas theme, so although Christmas looks different for us this year, it doesn't mean movies can't still put us in the holiday spirit, especially Christmas classics. For today, I will be talking about the film The Holiday, from 2006, starring Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Jack Black, and of course, Eli Wallach. And with me virtually is my good friend, Hannah. Hi! Thank you for coming back again! Oh, not a problem. I'm in self-isolation. I don't really have a lot going on. And I've never seen The Holiday, so it was a good excuse to, to see the movie. Okay, so for those of you who haven't seen this film, The Holiday is directed and written by Nancy Myers and follows Iris, played by Kate Winslet, who lives in Surrey, England, and is in love with her ex-boyfriend who is engaged to another woman. Meanwhile, Amanda, played by Cameron Diaz, who lives in L.A., has just broken up with her longtime boyfriend and doesn't want to spend the holidays at home alone. The solution to this problem? House swapping during the Christmas holidays. After meeting online, Iris flies to L.A. and stays in Amanda's mansion, while Amanda flies to England and stays at Iris's snug English cottage. While on holiday, Iris meets Miles, played by Jack Black, who is a film composer, and becomes friends with a famous screenwriter, Arthur, played by Eli Wallach. And back in England, Amanda meets Iris's brother, Graham, played by Jude Law. And both women realize that love can occur when least expecting it. So Hannah, what do we think of the holiday? I overall really enjoyed it. Um... I was a little apprehensive going into it just because it is a rom-com from 2006 and there was going to be very much a hit or very much a miss. Um, so I was a little nervous going into it and I was a little apprehensive um, up, up until about the halfway point because the pitch was great and the first 20 minutes I was like, okay, yeah, this, is, this, this works for me. But then we started to fall off a little bit and I wasn't quite diving with it. But then around the halfway point, um, things really, the movie really turned itself around and I ended up actually really enjoying it. Yeah, it's one of those films I've probably watched every Christmas with my, my mom for the last like 10 years or so. But it's one of those films where it has like a great cast, especially Arthur played by Eli Wallach. He's my favorite character. And I definitely... Oh, he was so sweet. He's so sweet. And I like that they had him in there. Like, I think it really added so much to the film. It made it way more memorable than this cliched kind of romance story. Mm -hmm. I definitely Mm -hmm. preferred uh, Kate Winslet's storyline, Iris' storyline, over um, Cameron Diaz's. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I did too. I thought that Iris was a lot more relatable um, and I thought that she, what her going through experiencing um, the, the the like LA life and her relationship with Walter and her later relationship with Miles is so incredibly like sweet and wonderful. Um, Kate Winslet felt like she was doing a lot more with her performance, whereas Cameron Diaz to me felt like she was varying degrees of the same note. If that makes sense. Um, it, and not to say her performance isn't just as good. It is still good, but I definitely think Kate Winslet doesn't get enough credit mm-hmm. for what she was doing in that movie because she was really selling it and doing an amazing job. Oh, yeah. She totally wasn't. The irony is that, that she isn't really a comedic actress, whereas Cameron Diaz has definitely been in more comedies. I think this is 
the only comedy Kate Winslet's ever been in. And I think she should be in more because she has really good timing, especially we'll probably get into it more later, but there's this phone sequence where she's kind of the middleman and she's so funny in it. Yeah, no, it's absolutely hilarious. And it's so surprising to me. Not only is that like, that, that is, this movie is Kate Winslet's like pretty much her only comedy on her resume, but also that Jack Black has not been a male lead in a rom-com since Holiday. And I don't know what is up with Hollywood not casting this man in more rom-coms because he was easily one of the highlights of the film. His smiles is so sweet and is so like genuinely very funny and compassionate and it's so, I, I could listen to him talk about film scores all day. And he's Jack Black. He's so charismatic when he's on screen. He has such a screen presence. And he really holds his own against uh, Kate Winslet. And I was a little worried that he wouldn't be able to. Because Kate Winslet's like, yeah. Kate Winslet, like, she's done Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and up to this point, Jack Black's only big film had really been, like, School of Rock. That was really his only big film on his resume. Um, so I was a little worried he wouldn't be able to hold his own. But he did a phenomenal job. And... I often say that comedians in general are really good actors because they understand timing really well, not just comedic timing. And you can definitely see that play out with Jack Black. Like he, he hits all of his comedic moments that he needs to, but he also, his more dramatic moments in the film really hit home and are really delivered very, very well. So they all work well together and it just made Iris's story more of an enjoyable time, I think, than Cameron Days and Jude Law. Not to say that, again, her story wasn't also very good, but I feel like the movie kind of did itself a disservice, um, like, having to split itself in two, because um, it felt like two yeah. very different stories were happening. So I think that if it was a case of... Um, there of, of like we are just gonna focus on Iris and Miles. I think I would have had a. I think I would have like this movie would have blown my expectations out of the water. I thought it would have been so fun. But Cameron Diaz and Jude mm -hmm. Law's while their story was great, it just like it brought it down a little bit for me because it felt very stereotypical. Whereas Kate Winslet and Jack Black mm -hmm. did not. Yeah, no, theirs was definitely more unique and and, and um, more enjoyable because there was this other person in it, and it, that was Arthur. So it wasn't just about Kate Winslet having to have a guy, and that's what I really liked because, you know, she made this really, really cool friendship with Arthur, and she really helped him finally be recognized and be appreciated in Hollywood because he was this old time screenwriter during like the golden age of Hollywood during the 30s and 40s and and fun fact here Eli Wallach actually turned 90 he's he's deceased now a couple years ago but he turned 90 on the set of the holiday which is amazing oh sweet uh I loved Arthur's whole storyline that was so lovely um and I think that adding in the fact that like Iris did not just, like, get a man by the end of this. She had a full, like, confidence growth. Like, she ha she was at rock bottom and she went somewhere, whereas Cameron Diaz, like, she got, like, knocked down a peg, but she didn't start from, like, an absolute low point. She, like, she kind of stayed the same, and then, like, she had, like, a blip in her confidence, whereas Iris was, like, at the very bottom mm -hmm. and got brought back to the top and I think that was more enjoyable as well and like she came back to that because of not only her relationship with Miles but with Arthur too and like 
through Arthur recommending all these old movies, she got the gumption she showed that she so desperately needed, to, to quote her exactly. And that was so satisfying when she when she said, you know, I've got gumption now. And it was so satisfying. I was watching it last night with Christina, and we were both like, yes! Yeah, I love the word gumption, and I love how Nancy Myers pays homage to all these old uh, classic female characters and female actresses during the 40s, like, you know, Kate Hepburn and Barbara Stanwyck and Ingrid Bergman, because, you know, we, we usually think of the 1930s and 40s as women being very submissive and, and, you know, being there just for a man, but there were some really interesting films back then where women were really stealing the show, and and there were great actors, and I loved how Arthur wanted uh, Iris to become more confident by watching these movies, and how when she finally stands up to her ex, Jasper, who literally says, I don't want to lose you, but I'm also getting engaged, so can I please have you on the side? And when she literally stands up to him and says, you know, shows her gumption, it's so amazing. I'm smiling the entire time. Yeah, it was incredible. It worked so well, and... It, again, it just like it was such a satisfying moment in Kate's uh, in Kate Winslet's arc. It was it was just the ultimate like because the whole time I was watching, I was like, my God, don't talk to him anymore. Hang up. Stop it. No, stop it. Stop it. Um, yeah. So when she finally stood up for herself and <laughs> cut him off fully, I was cheering. I was so. Not, not just happy and excited, but relieved. I was like, thank God. Thank God she finally got some sense into her. Their relationship was so toxic. Like, on her holiday, he sends her work to do. Please help me finish my book. It's like, it's her holiday. Why don't you ask your squeeze of a girlfriend to do it? Yeah, and also, like, she literally showing up when, like... She hasn't really told anybody where she is. Yeah. Like, um, go away, please. This is stalking him. <laughs> um, and also, it's not even that, like, he was about to be engaged. He was, like, already engaged. This man is going to be yeah. married. And he still had the audacity to show up and be like, you look really great, Iris. Uh, can I have you on as my side piece, please? Because I really like our relationship. Like, no, get out of here. Uh-uh. I absolutely think, not. Um, I think... Um, yeah. I think that's why, I think that's why, at least you and I prefer Iris more because, because I think people can relate to unrequited love or unrequited crushes much more than what, um, you know, a very high-profile businesswoman like Amanda is doing with her life, where she can basically get any man, and and I think Iris is more relatable in that way. Yeah, definitely. And again, like Cameron Diaz's storyline was great but it was like it was it, it, the character growth just felt more satisfying with iris like she gained so much confidence and self-respect and she found this great partner in miles who's not going to belittle her in any way shape or form and they really get each other and their chemistry is amazing um whereas cameron diaz cried for the first time in 15 years so that's exciting i guess and apparently she needed a man's help to do that. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, her growth was her, her lack of crying. <laughs> and she needed to be with a guy that cries too much in order to get some tears. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it was a good callback to the beginning of the film where she's like, just having broken up with her 
uh, with her boyfriend, and she's like, come on, cry, please, come on, come on, me, cry, please, like, it was a good callback to that, but at the same time, I was like, great, okay, we have two ends of the spectrum here, and I vastly prefer one to the other, even though Cameron Diaz and Jude Law's performances were were still, like, very good, but Kate Winslet, like, I, I, I expected Cameron Diaz and Jude Law's story for the most part. Like, that was expected. I think the unexpected nature of Iris and Miles' story Mm -hmm. was so lovely. Um, And I did not expect Jack Black to be a major player. I I didn't expect him. I forgot he was... I didn't even know he was in this movie because the three people listed on Netflix as, like, the big three stars of the movie are Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, and Jude Law. Jack Black yes. was listed in that initial cast list. And so when he showed up at the beginning, I was like, wait, is that, is that Jack Black? What? Okay, Jack Black is here. I guess he's just going to be his usual yeah. like, funny, supportive, like, best friend character. But no, he was a romantic lead. And it was such a surprise. And I absolutely loved it for him. I am surprised he isn't in more rom-coms because I, I thought he was adorable. He was so cute in it. And he was so uh, unique. Yeah, like, you don't often, like, you'll... When you're dealing with, like, Hollywood stories, you'll see, like, oh, you know, like, actors or directors, but the fact that he was a composer, a film composer, was something really unique and interesting, because I really like film scores. I listen to film scores and stuff like that constantly. If I'm studying, the go-tos are either Ghibli or uh, Swan Lake, but I I will go to film scores when I I need, like, uh, just something to listen to when I'm writing something, and... Um, when the movie first started and um, <clears throat> Jack Black was playing the main theme of the movie on the on his little piano, I was like, oh, wait a second, I know this theme. And this, the, and I was like getting swept up in that and being like, hey, I recognize this. This is where this theme is from. But then yeah. to see Jack Black there was such a lovely surprise. And he, he didn't sound like he was an actor reading his lines when he was talking about amazing film scores when they were in the video rental store about halfway through. Um, he didn't sound like he was just an actor reading his lines. Yes, well, apparently that whole blockbuster, now that blockbusters hasn't been around for many, many years, but uh, th- that's what kind of dates this movie, but it works. But apparently that whole blockbuster scene was entirely improvised. Nancy Myers basically said, Jack Black, you just take the wheel, you do your thing. So there, it wasn't scripted at all. That's probably why it seemed so real. Yeah, no, and that's great. And that is, again, a real testament to how skilled of an actor Jack Black is. The fact that he was able to just, like, get in there and put out this amazing scene that I can't stop thinking about in terms of, like, how good of a performance it is is absolutely incredible. And why aren't we casting Jack Black in more things? Like, the the (laughs) most recent movie on his resume is... What? Um, the most Jumanji. Recently... Yeah, Jumanji. Jumanji. Which, don't get me wrong, he's, I'm sure he's great in the Jumanji films. I haven't seen them yet. Uh, which I'm pretty sure Christina's adamant about changing. Um, he's really funny in them. Yeah, and I've heard really good things about his performance there, but... Um, he's just, like, he's really funny in them, but he's very cliched. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think it's time that... I, it was really bold of Hollywood, I think, to to cast Jack Black in that role. And the fact that he's not celebrated for it more is astounding to me. Like, if I'd known he was in this movie, I would have watched it way sooner. Because I love Jack Black and I love what he does. (laughs) 
Um, but to see a, an actor who is considered like not a conventional leading man get this leading man part and do incredibly well with it, it just makes me so sad that Hollywood's put Jack yeah. Black in this comedy box where he can play the fat friend, whether it's Poe in Kung Fu Panda or um, his character in yeah. School of Rock or his character in Jumanji. Like, they put him in this box, and Nancy Myers took a risk in letting him play outside of that box with The Holiday, and it paid off really, really well. And I don't understand why people aren't talking about it more. And also, why we haven't cast Jack Black in more movies like this. Because he would be so good, especially now that he's older <laughs> I, you know, and has I agree. experience under his belt. Yeah, and maybe he just needs to be in more movies directed by females. Maybe it just needs, like, a female touch to get him into those great roles. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, that also could be it. But I feel like people brush over his his acting in this because, again, I did not know he was in this movie at all. Um, so it was such a surprise, and I think it really paid off. So I have a question to ask you. If you could choose, would you rather, you know, spend your holiday or live in Iris's snug little English cottage or in the Amanda's L.A. mansion? Oh, that's difficult. Um, I know. Like, I, I'm, in, I, I'm from Newfoundland. I'm in Newfoundland right now, and I'm, I'm living in my, my, my grandfather's old house. I've, I think I've mentioned last time I was on. Uh, but I'm, I'm here now, and it is, it, it's not a cottage, it's a house, but um, it is in a pretty rural area. Um, so I am kind of living that right now. Like I've got the fireplace channel going, I've got the Christmas tree up, it's great. Um, and, but at the same time, I've never been to, I've never been to either place. I've never been to LA or England, but... I'm not built for the heat. This is the thing. I'm not built for warmer climates. I absolutely detest any sort of like overt heat and humidity. I can't do it. So I feel like the more picturesque Christmas for me would be like if I had to like spend Christmas summer, it would definitely be in Iris's little cottage, which is so cute and lovely and I loved every bit of set design and set dressing that they did in there um but but I mind if the quick vacation yeah. to Romance Mansion absolutely not that place looks incredible um but I think for me personally I would prefer that snug little cottage it's just so it feels so homey and so lovely and you can tell there are bits of iris absolutely everywhere and it's so lovely to see I definitely would choose the cottage around Christmas time but my god that LA mansion like she has her own personal gym room she has the best DVD collection like what a great way to display all your DVDs and she has a swimming pool it's amazing and I've never been to England I've been to LA but only to Disneyland I've never actually been like to Beverly Hills or Hollywood so I, de- I definitely want to go there yeah yeah, I have um, some friends went on a school trip to L.A. Um, when I was in, I want to say maybe like grade nine. Um, and I was very jealous because I really wanted to go. Um, but it was, but like I I definitely 
uh, think that England as like a just general trip is like higher up my list yeah. just because I'm I'm a, such a history buff and I, I love to just like feel of it I feel like I'll feel very at home there whereas in a place like LA I'll feel so out of my depth like I will feel like I am like don't belong there by any stretch of the imagination but I feel like in a place like England, especially at this time of year, I'd feel like, yeah, no, like this, this is close enough to home for me that it feels like it's not too much of a stretch. Yeah. You know, I've actually been to LA or Disneyland during the Santa Ana winds. And that was actually really realistic when, um, Kate Winslet, you know, was outside with Jack Black in their first meet cute and she gets something in her eye and those winds are super strong and they're cold. Like everyone thinks LA's super warm, but I've been to LA in November and it's after like 3 p.m. It's cold. It's windy. And so I'd like that they showed that. Yeah, I, I would not be able to confirm or deny that. But like I've had plenty of experiences with wind in my time, both living in Newfoundland and living in New Brunswick. Um there was one time, it was such a windy day, um, it was in like February or something, and I was walking back to my dorm after getting lunch, and it was so windy, my earmuffs that I was wearing almost completely blew off my head, so I am very familiar with strong wind, oh my God. Um, especially colder ones, but um, I thought having the Santa Ana wind as a nice, as like a linchpin, in, as like a comeback, a callback in the... Um, that's what I'm looking for, a callback. Um, having that for um, Iris and Miles' story, I think, was a really nice touch because every time it happened, you were like, oh, is it going to happen now? Is it going to happen now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I like that they, um, you know, held back and, like, were friends first, whereas, like, Ju- uh, Graham and Amanda, like, you know, had sex right away, and, and there wasn't as much of that. There was so much sexual chemistry between Jude Law and Cameron Diaz, which was great and super, like, swoon-worthy and everything. But I thought the sexual tension between Iris and Miles was really good because neither of them acted on it, and we never even see them, you know, have sex or anything. So I liked that better because it seemed more like, oh, I really want them to finally kiss. The tension... uh, The tension is so rife with them. And every time Jack Black would go for, like, a cheek kiss or a forehead kiss, I'd be like, ah! I'd be like, come on, just kiss her! Um, and it made the payoff at the end. It made the payoff so uh, so, so worth it. Um, and I think the thing that really, uh, the thing that stuck out to me and what bothered me most about Cameron Diaz and Jude Law's story, um, which Christina pointed out to me after we watched the movie, Jude, uh, Jude Law tells uh, Amanda, I cannot remember Jude Law's character's name. Oh my God. What is it? Graham. Uh, well, yes. Graham. Yes. Yeah. So he's Graham. Yes. So Graham tells Amanda that he loves her. Amanda never says it back. Like she never. Never. Not even at the end. She never explicitly says it back. And I guess if we're supposed to get that it's sort of like implied or whatever. No, I'm not taking this implied garbage. No, I. I it's so important. It's supposed to be implied resolution or whatever, but I think it, I think the story of Graham and Amanda would have sat with me a lot more, sat a lot better with me, um, if 
Amanda had just said that she loved him back. Mm-hmm. Even just once, like right at the very end. Like that would have been so much better. I agree, because she just says, oh, spend New Year's with me. And it's like, you still haven't said I love you. And, you know, Graham's like head over heels for her. And it's so nice. Like, he's such a nice guy. And I think the the thing that stole, like, him for me was definitely... And there's spoilers ahead. I'll just give a second for people that want to, you know, go ahead quickly. Um, so... The thing that really got me was his cute daughters, Olivia and Sophie. Little Peppa Pig oh, children. That's what wrote that's what That's what wrote me back in. That uh. is what wrote me back in. Cause I was feeling very iffy on Amanda and Graham's story. I was like, this feels very like typical rom com, whatever. Um, but then you introduced the kids. And I was like, I'm back in. I will do anything for these two angels. I was just going to ask you when when um, Amanda comes to Graham's door and, and he doesn't know she's coming, did you think he was cheating on her? I absolutely thought it was going to be another woman scenario. I absolutely thought that was going to be it. I was, <laughs> we, we were watching it and I was, and there was like the subtitle of like, it's just clicking and I was like, he's with somebody else. And that's why he's not opening the door. He's with someone. He's with someone. But then the girl showed up and I was like, oh, wait, this is all okay. This is so much better than what I was anticipating. Yeah. And they're so cute too. Oh my God. They're adorable. And like, I find that Hollywood a lot does not focus on like single fatherhood like Mm -hmm. it's father fatherhood and like paternity is not as prevalent in media in general as like single motherhood and maternity um and so to see Graham take on this very like he's so good with the girls um yeah and just so to see Jude Law interacting with the girls that way and to see Graham as this father figure who, like, is absolutely doing his best and the most is so lovely to see, especially because it just, like, reiterates how much he loves these girls and how much, like, his heart and soul is in their relationship and how much he does not want an external relationship to mess them up, especially after they've lost their mom, who they wouldn't have really known given their age. Yeah, exactly. And... And what I liked about the two girls, besides how cute they sounded like Peppa Pig, but I liked that Myers wrote it and and captured the essence of how children actually talk and how the adult characters, you know, weren't condescending towards them. Like his older daughter, I think it's Sophie, was like saying to Amanda, oh, can I please take your coat? And this is how like little kids would actually ask. They're involved. And I never liked when I was a kid watching kids portrayed on screen because I always thought, oh, you know, they always dumb us down. And I liked how they were very mature daughters and equals with the adults. Yeah, no, I really liked how the girls um, were written. I think that they, they, their dialogue came across as very natural and that it was it didn't feel like stilted or like yes this is an adult writing children like it's clear that Nancy either has children of her own or spent a lot of time with children yeah. or maybe has siblings who have children and so she like knows how children talk and i think that they probably did a lot on set with the girls to make them very comfortable so that when they read their lines 
it wasn't a case of the girls like being very stilted with it. Yeah. And even the the Sophie, the younger one, when she's sitting on Jude Law's lap with the, the hot cocoa and, you know, kissing him on the cheek. And then he does that cute Mr. Napkin head scene, which is one of my favorites. And I just smile the entire time. She seems so comfortable. Like, both daughters feel so, seem so comfortable with him. And it was almost seemed like they are his daughters. Yeah. Yeah, they, they seemed very at home on set. And that's probably a testament to not only Nancy, who probably cast the girls, um, or had a big hand in that, but also a testament to the entire crew for making sure that the girls, when they were on set, were looked after, were never, like, belittled in any way, shape, or form. They made sure the set was probably a very, like, inclusive and welcoming environment. Parents were probably on hand, just in case. Um, yeah. But they, yeah, of course. They, it never felt forced in any way, shape, or form, and it really turned the film around for me as soon as the girls were introduced I was like okay I'm back in for Amanda and Graham I will do anything to make sure these girls get the mom they deserve (laughs) yeah I wanted to say I love the girls tent that is amazing I'm so jealous (laughs) oh oh my god I was like this is the best tent there has ever been in any form of media it reminded me so much of how I, when I was younger, I was always making like forts out of like the kitchen chairs and all these different blankets, whatever ones I could find and like couch cushions. Yeah. And it instantly reminded me of that. Oh and yeah. To have this, have this whole scene of just like childlike wonder and like forgetting about Amanda being like, Amanda thinking, Oh my God, he's cheating on me. And to have this scene where they they genuinely do feel like a family right from that get-go. Yeah. Um, Did you have any favorite um, dialogue, like, quotes? Because I have some that I loved. Because it had great dialogue. Oh, my gosh. The, the writing of the movie was superb. Um, the only... I mean, I loved any scene with Iris and Arthur. I... Uh, my grandfather uh, on my dad's side is 89 years old, uh, so I was reminded a lot of him through Arthur. Uh, I think they would have gotten on very well. Um, and so any scene with Iris and Arthur was just lovely. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the scene where Iris tells Jasper to shag off basically and says that you know I seem to have found some gumption or whatever the exact quote is um that was such a satisfying moment um yeah and I think my favorite quote uh my favorite quote was probably when Arthur and Iris are going out to eat and Arthur says you know in movies, we have leading ladies and we have the best friend. And right now, you're being the best friend in your own life. And and uh, Kate Winslet says, so funny, you're supposed to be the leading of your own... You're supposed to be the leading lady of your own life, for God's sakes. And I just... That quote's always stayed with me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was such a lovely moment. And to have the, like, screenwriter perspective in the movie, I thought was very meta and very fun. Yeah. Um, or when Kate Winslet... When Kate Winslet says, you know, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I also love when Kate Winslet, oh, I was, I just love this uh, quote when, 
when um, Kate Winslet sees Arthur and he gives her a little flower for her dress and or, or corsage, I think yeah. that's called. And she says, he says, oh, I'm sorry if it looks really corny. And she says, don't worry, I like corny. I'm looking for corny in my life. Or, or even the quote when uh, at the very beginning of the film, when we first see Iris and you know, she's upset about Jasper and, and she's feeling really low. And her friend says, you know, when you catch your guy with another woman, you're not supposed to stay friends with them. And it's just written so well. Yeah, the, the dialogue of the movie is so good. When Arthur gave Iris that corsage, my God, I was, in, I was, yeah. I squealed. That was so sweet. I love me a kind old man in a movie. I think it's so sweet, and if you, especially if you get a good actor like they did here, it can be done so well, and it's so memorable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't really think of any exact, exact, exact quotes, but I really loved uh, the one you mentioned mm-hmm. about Arthur, um, uh, Arthur and Iris' conversation over dinner, where he tells her, you know, you have the potential to be a main character, but you're the best friend in your own life. Um, yeah. That really did stand out for me when I was watching it last night. And it made me go, huh, because, you know, there's a lot of talk on the internet right now about people who have, like, main character energy. Uh, and it's, I've always loved yeah. the idea that, like, everybody's a main character or the hero of their own story. Um, and that's why I love books like Vicious by V.E. Schwab, where, um, there's no clear hero villain in this superhero story. Both characters are so ambiguous and so morally gray, but they are the heroes of their own narratives because they're seeing it from their perspective and they're justifying their own means to an end. Um, yeah. So I thought that that was a really good bit of foreshadowing about how like this conversation of being a main character in your own story is still happening today just in a slightly different way because I think right now people are like oh they, oh you're acting like such a main character can come up as like a bit of a negative way but if somebody's acting like the main character of their story it's because to them they are the main character and everybody else is just a supporting cast and nobody should ever feel like yeah. they have to be the supporting member the supportive yeah. friend of their own rom-com or action story or whatever story they're life ends up taking shape to be yeah i like that you have to be the hero of your own story i like that hannah i've thought a lot about it for many years and it's one of my favorite tropes so um it's it's always interesting when it pops up in different ways i'm always like oh hey i think about this too much yeah i also like the because Amanda works for a, a movie company and she does the trailers. And and the one thing I do like about her, well, there's some things, but I do like that it's realistic of how men usually are intimidated by high profile women who usually make more money than them or have a really good job or really powerful job. And I think they show that really well with her, her ex-boyfriend. But what I really love, and they only do it in like the first half of the film and they don't really continue... But I love the trailer sequences in Amanda's head when it's like, Amanda Woods is looking for love. And she's like trying to, you know, distract herself and she's having these sequences in her head. They're really funny. Yeah. Like, I thought they were fun. It was funny the first time, but the fact that it kept going for me, it was a bit of a, it took me out of the movie every time. I was like, I understand that this is her career and I understand that this is like how she is seeing her life play out. But 
Like, you could see that she was getting annoyed by her own way of thinking about it as the movie went on. And uh, I was in the same boat. I was like, oh, my God. It, it happened just enough where I was like, okay, this is taking me out of the story entirely. But I think it was another reason why I preferred Iris and Miles. Because Iris didn't have any of that. If Iris had had, like, little bits where it was like she was typing up an obituary or, like, a wedding notice or something... Then I would have, I think it would have balanced out, but the fact that it was only a man that yeah. was experiencing that sort of thing in relation to her career. Oh, that's true, um, yeah. It, it really took me out of it. I was like, okay, this is just a little stupid. Yeah. This is the 2006 rom com, and it, I was just reminded of that fact right now. <laughs> I was thinking now that you say. When, when Amanda was planning on leaving early, which, come on, she wasn't even there for a full day, but she was planning on leaving early, was she just going to crash Iris's holiday and move back in? And who was going to take care of Iris's dog? Oh, that poor dog. I mean, Graham probably would have. Graham, Graham would have stepped in because he's a good <laughs> man. Um, That's true. But, yeah, I think it would I think that would have been interesting. And obviously the movie wasn't going to go there, but... I think it's like an alternate timeline. It's like, oh my god, Iris yeah. is like, she she she's having a great time. She's not gonna go back home. Like she's gonna ride out the rest of these two weeks. And Christina and I were saying, if this movie was made now, you know that Iris and Amanda would have gotten together, like hands down. <laughs> yeah, actually, during their uh, online communicating, it kind of seemed like there was some, uh, like attraction there. Yeah, definitely, and I feel like you're staying in the other person's home when they aren't there. You're getting a very intimate look at the other person's life without them lording over it or, like, worrying about what you're seeing. Like, and so, like, it allows you to get to know a person in a really interesting way. So, like, obviously at the end when they, when we do see them together, like, of course they're good friends because they've had this really intimate look at the other person's life. Um, Mm -hmm. But... If this was, if this had been made even like five years ago, I would have been like, please, 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 please let Iris and Amanda get together because they know each other really well without ever having met in person, really. Yeah, because they've been that's staying true. in each other's homes. Yeah, that's really true. I also think it's interesting with Arthur being a screenwriter, um, how he explains what a meet cute is and meet cute is a very overused word now I think but I love that in the movie he actually explains it because he says to Iris oh look we've had a, a meet cute and he says you for those of you that don't know a meet cute is when two people meet in a really cool situation and he explains it as like a man and woman meet and they're both go to a department store and they're looking for pajamas and the one woman the woman picks like the top part of the pajama and the man I think picks the bottom part and they both touch hands and that's yeah. their meet cute and I thought that was so adorable and old-fashioned it was very old-fashioned I will give you that <laughs> um it felt like um it, it, that, I felt, dated the movie again a little bit. Um, not just because of the head of Norman of language. It worked because it was him, though, because he was so old. Um, like, if Jack Black said it, it would have been weird. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think Arthur's age helps that back a little bit. But it, it was weird that he chose a pajama example. That was yeah. weird. I was like, why, yeah, are we, why did we immediately jump to a pajama joke? <laughs> why are we doing a pajama joke here? There are so many other examples of a meet cute that we could possibly go with, but we've gone for pajamas. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that was so funny, little old man. And and when she's driving in the car and she sees him, and she's like, "Oh no, is he lost?" Like she's such a good person, Iris. I bet Amanda never talked to her next door neighbor. I think she just like kept driving. She would just keep driving. Well, let's see. Um, Christina and I were talking about this too, and like, um, because I grew up in the town that we are in, so like, I know my next door neighbors. Like, I can tell you who lives in most of the houses on like my main stretch of road. Um, and our families all sort of know each other. Um, when we were out in one of our early days of isolation, Christina and I were out on the like front step and it was a nice day. And we saw one of the neighbors come home from work, chatted with her for a bit. One of the other neighbors was out on his front step, having a smoke, chatted with him for a little bit. Uh, one of the neighbors further down was walking her dog up the road. So we, we chatted with her for a little bit. Like we, I knew everyone and Christina knew a couple of them too, because uh, they've been here. This is their second time in town now. Um, but it was it was great because it was a great little parallel because it was like yeah I know all my neighbors but I know Christina said before like growing up in Vancouver like you don't really get a chance to know your neighbors because it is such a big city and there are so many people living in like the same yeah. building like, it's impossible to know everybody so um, seeing her like chat with like the gardener and like say goodbye yeah. to the neighbors was really really sweet. Yeah, and she she says good morning to all the workers, the, the gardener and, you know, Amanda's assistant and all these people. And I'm thinking she knows all their names. And I'm thinking, I wonder if Amanda knows the names of everyone that works at her house. Yeah, honestly. They might they might want Iris to stay instead. Do you think the movie maybe, still... Uh... Yeah. Do you think the movie still holds up? Because it is 14 years old now. I think in a lot of ways it does. Especially, um, especially you know, as rom-coms have sort of progressed. It's a nice little... It's not too old, like something like something along the lines of, like, Pretty Woman. Or, like, She's, she's All That. Um, it's not too old that, like, people will be like, Oh, this is, like, old. Um... Yeah. But it's still like not a modern rom com that people write off because they don't they don't write them like they used to, you know? Um, I think it's a good middle point. And there yeah. are elements that do age it, um, like some of the fashion choices and um, uh, like the blockbuster scene, especially. Mm. Um, blockbuster. I, I miss blockbuster. I <laughs> we don't have we didn't really have them. Uh, growing up in my area we had like a local video rental store but we yeah. didn't uh have like a proper like blockbuster uh so I've never I've never seen one in the wild uh which I feel like I missed out on I was gonna say I thought Blackberries kind of dated it when she's typing that message to Jasper Iris is typing that message to Jasper on the plane and you know, she's like typing it's it. An when, like, it's an phone's email. Actually, it's an oh, email. it's an email, right? It's an email. She's actually like there were buttons on a phone. Remember those days? <laughs> yeah, it's an email. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, and like um, the fact that like the, the keyboards for each of them were so loud. Oh my god! I was like, I am deafened by the sounds <laughs> of these keyboards. But I do, I do think, I do think the little elements do date it. But like overall, it's, it's not like it's so dated it's unwatchable um 
like I still had a good time watching it and the story the story does not feel dated at all it's just a little elements uh like some of the sets and some of the props that are like wow this is from 2006 huh yeah, because the dialogue and the characters are so good and, and the cinematography and the just the, the way the cast is, that's what really holds up. And those little things about Blockbuster and Blackberries, I mean, you forget it during the movie. You don't really think much of it. But I thought, wouldn't it have been funny in that Blockbuster scene when, you know, Jack Black is going around and singing songs from movies? Wouldn't it have been funny if he, like, picked up Titanic and started singing My Heart Will Go On? Oh, my God. I wish... I I bet you I knowing Jack Black's style of comedy as much as I do I absolutely bet you that there is a deleted scene somewhere yeah. on the cutting room floor where he probably found a copy of Titanic and like started riffing on it and they just couldn't use it because people in like the crew and the extras just absolutely lost their their minds yeah like yeah. I bet you I bet and you I bet that's something that happened they just didn't include it. I bet Kate would have lost her mind as well. <laughs> what do you think, and, and we'll probably spoil this for people who haven't seen the movie, but what do you think happens at the end? Who do you think? I like that we don't really know, and it ends like on New Year's Eve, but I'm curious like who goes where, if their relationships last or not. I think Iris and Miles last. I definitely do. I think that this experience was something that they both really needed, and I think that they've both grown to not only rely on each other but also to just like be like they're, they're so entwined at this point that I can't see that relationship failing um but the difficult one is Amanda and Graham that's the difficult one uh because she's so like not flighty but and the kid factor the yeah. kid factor too I do think I do think they'd have a little bit more of an up and down uh, than Amanda, than Iris and Miles. I think Iris and Miles would be very steady. Like, they have such great chemistry right off the bat. They'll be fine. Uh, I think that the pressures of Amanda's career might be a really big effect on her and Graham's relationship, especially if they do decide to do like long distance in any way, shape, or form. Um, but, like, I do think they last, too. Um, but yeah. maybe they'd have a little bit more uh, conflict in getting to a stage where, like, they're married and they're raising the girls together. Uh, I feel like they'd have a little bit more conflict um, in that, um, like, pre, like, in that still, like, dating stage. And they're not in this heightened, like, time capsule of two weeks. Um but I think Iris and Miles absolutely yeah. stick together. Not just because they have great chemistry and they seem so well suited. I wonder if I wonder if Iris moves to LA with Miles. Ooh, I think she would because she's got so because like Jasper's in the yeah. UK and I feel like she would want to like cut. Yeah, and she doesn't. She works with Jasper. Like she doesn't want to have that job yeah. anymore. Yeah, and like she's she's a qualified journalist and like also. If she tells Arthur she's a writer, I'm sure he could get her some jobs. Like, I'm, she would be fine. She would be fine. Um, but I think I think she would definitely move to the U.S. with Miles to like cut all ties and be like and just really set herself up for success 
in her future that yeah, way. I agree. So before we move on to the last judgment, I have some fun facts because there's actually a lot of cool facts about this movie. The website, which is called Home Exchange, is for many people know this, it's actually real. It's a real website where you can exchange houses with somebody. No! Yes! <laughs> that is, I was saying to Christina, I was, I was saying to Christina, I was like, this has to be something like that they made up for the movie. This has, this cannot be real. Because it feels like a sort of weird precursor to like Airbnb. No, it, it's actually, it still exists. Oh my god. That's so funny. <laughs> um... So Nancy Myers, you really know you've made it in Hollywood because she literally wrote this film with all five of the main actors in mind. So that's Kate Winslet, Jude Law, Jack Black, Cameron Diaz, and Eli Wallach because she knew they would do it. So wow, if you know you're writing a script and you know Kate Winslet will do it, wow, you've definitely made it in Hollywood. Like, what a show of confidence also. Like, she knows she's going to get these actors like, without yeah. a single doubt in her mind, like, scheduling conflicts be damned, she will be ready and waiting whenever these actors yeah. are available. Props to her. Because they were all perfect for their role. Yeah, because you, you, they works, and that's because they were written for all of them. Like, I can't see anyone else in those roles. No. So the, the scenes in England with Cameron Diaz and Jude Law, they were actually filmed in Surrey, England, um, in a village called Sheer, but Rose Cottage, Iris's house, was built just for the movie, and it was built in four days. Oh my god, what a turnaround. <laughs> right? It looks like it's been there what for 200 turnaround. years. Like, imagine if you built a whole house, a whole house, in like this very specific, like, old English-style cottage with, like, all the set dressing inside, like, you... Like, this cannot just be, like, a new cottage. Like, this has to look like it has been lived in. Do you know if they, like, took it down after they finished filming? Or if they, like, kept it up? Yes, they had to take it down. Because it was city property. Oh, too bad. I know. I would live in it. (laughs) And you know that trailer that Cameron Diaz, or uh, Amanda's working on, and it stars Lindsay Lohan and James Franco? Yeah. That's a fake... So that's a fake trailer, and um, Nancy Myers directed The Parent Trap, which stars Lindsay Lohan, and she was friends with, Linz- with Lindsay Lohan at the time and asked her to do that fake movie trailer So for Amanda's movie trailer company, which is cool. And Cameron Diaz apparently kept all her characters' clothes, because why not? <laughs> I mean, why not? If, if, if Cameron Diaz, I feel like at that point, was like rolling in it, because... Um, like, I think there were at least two Trek movies out at that point, so, like, she was making banks. Um, and that's the only thing I know Cameron Diaz from, really. So, um, but, but, like, I I figured that the movie trailer was fake. I I, I figured the movie trailer uh, with, like, Lindsay Lohan was fake, but I thought it was very cool that they got, like, Lindsay Lohan and James Franco to, like, do a cameo. But also, again, that makes the film a lot if your two big stars are... Lindsay Lohan and James Franco. I was thinking that too when watching it. I thought, oh my gosh, they were so big in 2006 before Lindsay Lohan got really, you know, downhill with her drug addictions and jail time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, Apparently, 
In an interview I saw quickly, Kate Winslet says this is the biggest film she gets approached about uh, from fans on the street or in on a plane or in random places. And she says she always can predict who will ask her about the holiday. It's usually a woman in her 20s or 30s or a woman with a mom. And she's always been surprised because most people expect the movie that she gets most asked about as Titanic, but it actually is the holiday. And it's also the biggest movie Jude Law gets approached about. And he's always, like sometimes people go on the street and call him Mr. Napkin Head. <laughs> Well, and I mean, that's just a testament to how iconic the movie's been. Um, and I, yeah. and I, like, I hadn't seen it before. Like, I knew it existed, um, but it's been really hitting a popular stride in the past couple of years. Um, and I, I just never, I just hadn't sat down and watched it yet. And I can definitely be seen why people like it so much. Like, it's a really enjoyable film, and it's got a really lot, a lot yeah. of really good elements working for it. So, it, but it, that is surprising to me that, like, Kate Winslet, who, like, did the beast that is Titanic, like, the yeah, literally. movie, her most asked about movie is this little holiday rom-com that's so funny. Um, I have two more facts. So um, the Dustin Hoffman cameo in the blockbuster when Jack Black is singing the song from The Graduate, that was actually not planned. He was walking in the neighborhood and he was friend, he's friends with Nancy Myers and he asked if he could be in it for a scene of a cameo when he says, oh gosh, I can't go anywhere or something like that, which I think is so funny. How many connections does Nancy Myers have? And... <laughs> The last fact oh I God, have like... is that um, Ethan, who is Amanda's ex, <laughs> Amanda's ex at the beginning, um, their breakup scene at the beginning of the film was inspired by Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn in the classic film The Philadelphia Story from 1940 when Hepburn punches Grant in the face. So she really had a lot of classic nostalgia uh, in this film. And, and I love that Myers, you know, pays homage to those original rom-coms like a philadelphia story but but gives it some fresh and modern feel yeah definitely like i i thought the breakup scene at the beginning was done really well but i lost my mind when cameron diaz punched ethan i was like oh my gosh she went for like like that wasn't even a slap either that was like she went for the kill yeah it was so funny. And I love that it showed her hand hurting after she was, like, shaking out her hand, because that would hurt so much. Yeah, it was totally realistic. Like, if you punch somebody, it, it will hurt you more than it will hurt the person. Yeah. Nine chances out of ten, especially yeah. if you, like, don't punch people regularly. <laughs> Oh, I actually have one more fact. This was the first movie where Kate Winslet used her own speaking voice and accent, like didn't use an American accent, and also one of the first films where she plays a modern-day woman. I don't know how many more modern films she's done since then, but... So should we move on to the final judgment? I think it's time. Okay, so did the holiday move you or not, Hannah? I think it did. I think especially when you factor in uh, Iris and Miles' story that told half of the film, it's it's just so lovely and it has so much going for it. And once you get the turnaround around halfway through with Cameron Diaz and um, and uh, and Jude Law and their story, once you get that turnaround with them, it just sweetens the pot even more. I don't I don't know how often I'll revisit this, but I definitely think I will 
next Christmas. I think this might be his annual viewing. Yeah. Um, it definitely moved me to, I, I, I consider it like a holiday Christmas classic, even though it, it doesn't really talk about Christmas too much. I mean, it kind of skips Christmas altogether and goes straight to, to New Year's, but the acting is great. I love the dialogue. I love the old homage to classic holiday films and that Kate Winslet's actually watching those old, uh, classic films in, you know, the big screen TV room that Amanda has. I love the little girls in it, and that's what yeah. made me really root for Cameron Diaz and Jude Law's characters. That they were so sweet, and it was so organic. Um, I also forgot to mention, but Hans Zimmer did the score, and I loved the score. And I also love the Christmas tunes that are inside, like Ella Fitzgerald, and and there's there's some really good tunes. But I think the main part that moves me is is definitely Miles and and Iris's relationship. The little girls, and of course Arthur. He totally moves me. And at the end, when he he's on at his ceremony, that Iris finally convinces him to do and helps him get ready for. It's so sweet in his speech and all the people that greet him. It brings like tears in my eyes because he expects only eleven people to be there, and you know the the audience is filled with all these smiling faces. And I love that, and I love Mr. Napkinhead, and I just love the the feel of it with the 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 contrast between you know the LA home and the beautiful winter cottage and it's just great and it's great to show two really powerfully and strong female leads I love that well Hannah I want to thank you for coming back on the show yeah thank you for having me it's always a fun time and I'm so glad we got to talk about one of my personal favorite holiday films and I really encourage everyone to see this it's on Netflix in Canada right now, and it'll just brighten your day. And if you haven't already, please press the subscribe button. Thank you for listening. <laughs>